Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. My name is Dr. Sid Ropp, and I'm your host. Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. Say I finished writing the new book, A Simple Explanation of the Gnostic Gospel According to the Tripartite Tractate. It's not available for sale just yet. It should be in about a week. I'm waiting for my proof copy to arrive in the mail before I give it the thumbs up. So this week I'm going to cover what is chapter 14 in the new book. It's called Overcoming Death which is one of the main reasons people do seek a personal relationship with God or religious comfort, to know that that when they die, they won't just evaporate into nothingness. And the Tripartite Tractate certainly describes a life after this mortal life that we're living is finished. So that's what this chapter is about. So as explained previously... The governing unit of consciousness that I think of as me is affected by my ongoing karma and its associated meme bundle overlaid upon my original aeonic personality. What then, if anything, do I carry away with me when my body passes away and I am no longer attached to this material vessel? What happens when we, quote, die? That the me that exists between material incarnations is nothing but our karmic record and egoic identity is proved by one of our basic assertions that all selves are fundamentally one and the same, and that all the units of consciousness begin their individuated journey as perfect fractal echoes of the fullness of God. Then it follows that I develop as a result of free will choices made by myself and by others. The memes I think of as me are not a part of my one self, but are drawn to my unit of consciousness through my ego's karmic record. It is my karmic record that attracts and repels the shroud of memes surrounding my life at any moment. The personality associated with me is actually a representation of the holographic patterns of all the choices I have ever made overlaid upon my unit of consciousness. I am my perfect fractal unit of consciousness, enshrouded in karma and the memes that my karma attracts. In yogic philosophy, it is said that an enlightened yogi has become free of attachments and can therefore perceive the oneness of all things. The simple explanation of this phenomenon would be that the yogi has successfully laid down his or her meme shroud and can therefore perceive his or her perfect unit of consciousness, freed of personal memes and independent from its karmic shroud. The same phenomenon is known as Buddhahood in Buddhism and sainthood in Christianity. According to tradition, 
These liberated units of consciousness are no longer bound to this material world by their now discarded means. If they do return to Earth, it is in order to help others by sharing love and information that will help redeem others. This chapter of the book is not from the Tripartite Tractate, but rather the Bardo Thodal, known in the West as the Tibetan Book of the Dead. The Bardo Thodal is actually part of a larger volume called The Profound Dharma of Self-Liberation Through the Intention of the Peaceful and Wrathful Ones. You may wonder why we are talking about this book, because you may not consider it to be a Gnostic text. I look at Gnosticism as the truth that comes from the Father and spreads out universally. Gnostic wisdom doesn't have to come through what are considered to be historically Gnostic sources. Many people look at Gnosticism as simply an historical sect, and because they think of it in historical terms, they only want to consider texts such as the Nag Hammadi scriptures or the Qumran scrolls. These would be deemed the traditional Gnostic texts. This volume has already shared some of the Tao Te Ching, which is Chinese wisdom that also reflects the same universal truths presented by traditionally Gnostic scriptures. This chapter takes a look at the Tibetan Book of the Dead in the same way, to see what gnosis we can mine there. The Bardo Thadal presents truths that have come through the Father and the Fullness by way of Tibetan Buddhism. However, one needn't be a Tibetan Buddhist to appreciate the wisdom that has been shared through the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It is interesting to note that, according to Tibetan tradition, the book is thought to have been written in the 8th century and then buried in the Gampo Hills of central Tibet. Similar to our Nag Hammadi and Qumran scrolls, the Book of the Dead was literally buried and then resurrected out of the ground centuries later. The same thing happened with the Tao Te Ching, buried somewhere around 200 BC in two tombs and unearthed in the 1970s. It is almost as if these wisdom books needed to be buried and resurrected. Their burial and resurrection is reminiscent of the death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, a fractal archetype. Looking at these texts with modern eyes rather than through tradition allows us to examine their applicability to our current times. I sign off my weekly Gnostic Insights podcast by saying onward and upward, because I think it's extremely important to remember to go forward and look up. Thinking about onward and upward is something you can easily put into practice. You can think and say onward and upward many times a day. When we look backward and down, we are often wallowing in fears, negative memes, and pain. Backward and down is historical. It is already past, and there is little you can do about it here and now. The only way to correct your current circumstances is by moving forward and looking up toward the Father in the fullness. Onward and upward is the direction that allows you to let go of negative memes and vices and embrace uplifting memes and virtues in their place. I came by that expression many years ago while reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I found the book to be highly repetitive as it describes numerous realms of death, or what the Catholics would call purgatory. The Book of the Dead teaches about the bardos we pass through after leaving this earthly realm. A bardo is defined as that place where souls go 
between incarnations. It is a liminal space, like a doorway, that serves as a bridge between two places. In Tibetan Buddhism, our experience of the bardo affects the karma and memes that will be carried forward into the next life. If your life has been noble and righteous, you will experience a positive bardo populated by helpful deities. If your life has been carnal and egoic, you will find yourself bouncing around from one hellacious bardo to the next on your way toward your next incarnation. The reason there are 14 such layers is because if one doesn't go quickly onward and upward, they fall backward and down into increasingly unpleasant bardos. It is expected that a loved one or cleric will sit with the dying or recently deceased person and read the entirety of the Tibetan Book of the Dead out loud, face to face and directly in their ear, between three and seven times every day for a couple of weeks, transmitting wisdom to the soul as it wanders around seeking redemption. The reading serves a dual purpose of instructing the corpse while giving comfort and instruction to the reader. More spiritually adept people study the Bardo Thadal throughout their lifetimes in order to assure themselves of a good passage and a more enlightened reincarnation. The Book of the Dead continually presents to the dying and deceased what they are about to experience unless they realign themselves to go onward and upward. There are many detailed descriptions of both helpful and terrifying deities that inhabit the various bardos, but I notice in my reading that the bottom line to escaping the negative bardos is always some version of onward and upward. Each of these bardos is basically resolved by remembering and moving toward the clear light of the Father. Otherwise, you find yourself falling back and down, and it gets worse and worse and more and more frightening with each level of descending bardos. The bardo thadal describes the Father's appearance in the bardo state as, quote, the clear light of reality, which is the infallible mind of the dark. The tripartite tractate characterizes the revelation of the Father in the same way. Quote, he instructed him about those who searched for their sight by means of the shining of that perfect light. He perfected him for himself as a perfect one, and he also gave him what is appropriate to each individual. End quote. That's from verse 88 of the Attridge and Mueller translation. Inexpressible joy resides in the shining of that perfect light. The perfect one refers to our one self, and what is appropriate to each individual is our ego. Quote, And to men he gives their eternal dwelling places in which they will dwell, leaving behind the attraction toward the defect while the power of the pleroma pulls them up in the greatness of the generosity and the sweetness of the eon which pre-exists. End quote. Verse 136. We needn't pass through the frightening bardos if we remember to go forward and look up. As a Gnostic, you can go directly onward and upward when you shuffle off this mortal coil. When your body dies, your spirit carries on without the confusion of the material shroud. Once the hylic material we are attached to on earth drops away, we are able to see and discern truth more clearly. After the death of the material body, we are able to rise above our entanglements with the fallen world. Quote, and in putting an end to the entanglement which they have with one another, 
he stopped it by the sudden revelation of the Christ. Quoting again, therefore they welcomed his revelation and they worshipped him. End quote. Verse 88 and 89. On the other hand, the tripartite tractate says that to those who have rejected the Father upon death, the coming of the light is frightening and like a lightning strike that only lasts a moment. These people who continued to look backward at their life and downward at their body with sorrow, regret, anger, and whatnot can't move onward and upward. According to the Book of the Dead, they keep falling back and down until it becomes so uncomfortable and so frightening that they either run around looking for a new body to quickly inhabit so they can escape the bardos and return to the material plane, or they recognize the light reverse course, and move onward and upward. The goal of the Book of the Dead is to liberate our unit of consciousness from the wheel of earthly manifestation, preferring heaven or one of the other layers of paradise in their cosmological system, rather than returning to earth to be reincarnated again. One of the differences between Buddhism and Gnosticism is that Buddhists aspire to reach a final heavenly realm where personal identity disappears and their ego is fully absorbed back into the Father and the All. Our Gnostic Gospel does not say that our identity will disappear after this material existence. After all, even the eons named themselves and sorted themselves into positions, ranks, and duties. We second-order powers appear to retain our sense of personal identity that will be carried with us into the next post-material economy. The third economy, as it's called, is patterned from the eon's dream of paradise, and it is there we expect to land after liberation from this fallen world, with our redeemed egos intact. So why do we keep falling back and down? This is due to our karma, and the memes we cling to. Karma is the word for the consequences of our actions in the world, and we can't get away from it without redemption from the Christ. The consequences of our life accumulate, and that karma attaches to us like a heavy weight or a strong magnet that attracts a burden of memes. Fortunately for us Gnostics, we also have our one self to mitigate the effects of our karma. In Tibetan Buddhism, they would refer to this as your inner Buddha, your enlightened soul. Our self is a fractal of the sun and the all, and we always carry that gnosis within us. We always have the capacity to reunite with the sun through our self by the power of the redeeming Christ. We carry that fractal self inside of us, and we only need to realize that. Here's what the tripartite tractate says about these things. Quote, Now the promise possessed the instruction and the return to what they are from the first, from what they possess the drop, so as to return to him, which is that which is called the redemption. And it is the release from the captivity and the acceptance of freedom. In its places, the captivity of those who were slaves of ignorance holds sway. The freedom is the knowledge of the truth which existed before the ignorance was ruling, forever, without beginning and without end, being something good and a salvation of things and a release from the servile nature in which they have suffered. 
End quote. That's verse 117 of the Tripartite Tractate. Interestingly enough, even though Tibetan Buddhism is an entirely different line of wisdom, located in a different part of the world and embedded in different historical and cultural traditions, they believe many of the same things we Gnostics do. For example, Tibetan Buddhism believes in the Trinity. They happen to call it by different words, but it is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the process of attaining salvation or Buddhahood and not having to reincarnate into the material world is the same. It is the gnosis of having come from the Father. It is the gnosis of recognizing the Christ and the eons of the fullness. It also requires the same act of stepping outside of your ego and letting go of the things that you hold near and dear in this earthly world. The Tibetan Buddhists look toward their friendly deities to help them go onward and upward. We Christians, including Gnostic Christians, look to Jesus. The Book of the Dead is relevant to our Gnostic studies because the only way to go onward and upward is to remove your egoic soul and your collection of dearly held memes from the center of your being and to re-enthrone the one self, your fractal of the sun. The Buddhists would call it putting the Buddha on the throne, enshrining your own personal Buddha. Throughout the Book of the Dead, the Tibetan Buddhists are expecting that the person who has passed on will have had some sort of spiritual education. They will also have a guru or teacher that they follow. They will also have chosen a personal deity because they believe there are many different gods. They will have a teacher and it is expected that during the period of dying, someone will sit with them and read the book to them. The good news is that we Gnostics do not have to pass through the layers of hell or listen to the Book of the Dead in order to find redemption. We remember that the figure called the Christ has brought redemption to all of us. The Christ in our Western Gnostic tradition is our guru and our personal deity as they call it in the East. So, you don't have to feel as though this is some sort of pagan ritual where you need to find a god of the Tibetan Buddhist tradition and pray to it. That's not necessary, just like we don't need to memorize the names of eons or ritualistic incantations and practices in order to become enlightened or to know God or join the heavenly pleroma after death. None of that is necessary because the Christ did that for us. Through Christ we are redeemed, not through our works and good deeds. If you awaken some day to find yourself in a bardo of the afterlife, you only need to remember the Father above and the fullnesses, and that memory will pull you in the upward and onward direction. Our experience of death is a fractal of the journey of Logos out of the fall and back into the fullness. In order to be ready for that inevitable day, think upon and remember the fullness in the Father, or think upon and remember the redemption of the Christ, and how this frees you from the delusions and attachments of this world. This practice will enable you to remember to look upward in the Bardo state. The Bardo Thadal confirms, quote, Keeping thyself unseparated from this resolution, Thou shouldst try to remember whatever devotional practices thou wert accustomed to 
and to perform them during thy lifetime. End quote. You may abstract the concept of the Christ if you feel the need to. Personally, I don't abstract the Christ. I am happy to believe in the fully God, fully man, Jesus, because I have a personal relationship with Jesus. For me, my personal deity would be Jesus the Christ. There is no downside in believing in Jesus Christ. You can also believe directly in the fullness and the Son and the God above all gods, but realizing that Christ is the one that releases you from the cycles of rebirth. We need to remember that it is not through our actions, but through the Christ's act of coming to earth that we are saved. This is why Gnostics believe in universal redemption. The Christ has done its job, and all second-order powers will eventually return to the heavenly realm above. We are all redeemed. Every creature will return to some form of paradise. But it may take you a while to get there if you don't believe in the power of Christ's redemption. Here's what it says about this in the New Testament of the Bible. Quote, Yet now he has effected reconciliation by a death in the body of his flesh to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. If you indeed abide in the faith, established and steadfast, and not moved away from hope in the good tidings that you have heard, proclaimed to every creature under heaven. End quote. Colossians 1.22, and that is the translation by heart. I'm going to have to interrupt this chapter here and pick it up next week, because once again, it turns out that these chapters are twice as long as an episode here on Gnostic Insights. So, We'll continue our travels through the Bardo Thodal and uncover more gnosis about escaping the tortures of hell and death and how and why that happens. So, for this week, thank you for listening. Please tune in next week as well. Onward and upward, and God bless.